it took me around three and a half, four years of posting consistently, even for me to see results on social media. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, wow, you grow so fast. It's like, well, not really. You know, mm-hmm. I, I knew this was going to happen at some point, mm-hmm. but I, did, I didn't know when. Mm-hmm. But I knew that if I put in the right systems and just, you know, got Contain. over the idea of, I oh, know this one needs to be the best. And those, those uh, what do you call it? Ego metrics, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, then that just allowed me space to start posting better content over time and mm-hmm. then eventually you'll see the results. Mm-hmm. If you're doing entrepreneurship, you need to be able to get over the idea of you need instant and immediate rewards and instant and immediate results. I would say then, then a great way to t- maybe loop that together is you need to be able to see the future outside of what's going on right now and to be able to focus on that. Welcome to the Beyond Success Podcast, a collection of conversations with the best business minds, captains of industry, and entrepreneurs in the world. Learn what their journey has taught them, how they applied the lessons they learned, and ultimately created six, seven, and even eight-figure businesses. We can't create successful businesses by ourselves, so sit back and let the Beyond Success Podcast be your mentor. Now, here's your host, author, entrepreneur, public speaker, and master money manifester, Daniel Mangana. Welcome back, everybody, to the series on entrepreneurship with myself, Josh McCartney, and the incredible Daniel Mangana. What's up, Dan? I'm rather delicious. How are you, sir? I'm super good, thanks. Always, always a good time when you're around. Always. All right, so we're going to jump straight in with (laughs) with the question of the title of the video, which is... Yes. What are some of the most important skills or traits that you must have as an entrepreneur in process, Mm -hmm. in your opinion? Uh, I would would say to be a successful entrepreneur, I would add, because just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you're going to be a successful entrepreneur. That's what I meant. Oh, yeah. So maybe we can start, Monsieur McCartney, by defining what it is to be an entrepreneur. Again, for those of us who haven't seen the other episodes and are now pausing and going back to listen, um, because we have obviously talked about this before, but in your opinion, what is an entrepreneur? Somebody who solves problems Mm -hmm. consistently (laughs) (laughs) and is able to put in the processes and systems for a company to run, Mm -hmm. essentially. So someone that puts together the resources to solve a problem or to to bring a solution to someone. Right. So if that's the definition of entrepreneurship, and I would say an entrepreneur is someone that creates value. Mm-hmm. A business operator is probably someone that organizes that value. Sometimes we get both, but I think generally people lean more towards one or the other. So what we're then essentially saying is what are the skills essential for someone to be able to show up consistently solving problems and bringing solutions to the world and to other people? And so I would say that that's a good place for us to start our chat today, sir. Cool. Yeah. Any ideas, anything mm-hmm. inside the coffee pot from you? Well, the traits that I think are necessary mm-hmm. is intense tenacity. 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 Yes. Yeah. Uh, so not not giving up when mm-hmm. stuff gets hard. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to persist without the immediate results and mm-hmm. the instant gratification that most people are looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me around three and a half, four years of posting consistently, even for me to see results on social media. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, wow, you grow so fast. It's like, well, not really. You know, mm-hmm. I, I knew this was going to happen at some point, mm-hmm. but I, did, I didn't know when, mm-hmm. but I knew that if I put in the right systems and just, you know, got Contain. over the idea of, oh no, this one needs to be the best. And those, those uh, what do you call it? Ego metrics, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, then that just allowed me space to 
start posting better content over time and mm -hmm. then eventually you'll see the results. Mm -hmm. If you're doing entrepreneurship, you need to be able to get over the idea of you need instant and immediate rewards and instant and immediate results. I would say then, then a great way to t maybe loop that together is you need to be able to see the future outside of what's going on right now and to be able to focus on that. It's like, that's where I'm going right now. And I always use the example of like my podcast. And obviously now, Do It Down podcast and Beyond Success podcast, they're really, really successful, you know, top percentiles um, globally. And yet my first episode of the podcast, 12 people listened to it. Now, if I got stuck on those ego metrics that we were just talking about, and was like, oh no, only 12 people listen to my podcast. Ah, and stopped, right, stopped consistently posting good content. And I've been doing that since 2018 before podcasting was popular. Oh my God. Um, oh my God. Um, we wouldn't have the success that we're having now, having amazing guests and like like literally world leading guests. I told you the story about when I was at the conference the other day and that particular person's like, hey, can I build your podcast? I'm like, uh, yeah, you could be at my podcast. But that has been a result of me being able to go past those, the 12 downloads for episode one and watch it creeping up to 20 something, 30 something, 40 something. Oh, my. Remember the first time I got a hundred downloads, right? But that was consistency, like you said. Hmm. Mm. But how does someone get past that though? That's the, like in your, did you wake up and say, I'm going to keep doing social media, even when people aren't responding? Or, or was there something that you had to do in order to get to the point where you consistently kept going for it? I fell in love with my future idea of what I wanted to create mm -hmm. rather than the moment or my past. And what I mean by that is, I had an idea about what I wanted for my future. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was going to take you know, dull days, which weren't interesting and weren't mm -hmm. exciting. And, you know, I knew that those days where it felt down, mm -hmm. it's a part of the process. Mm -hmm. So I just, I find that you need to have a vision of your future that's so compelling that regardless of how you feel in that moment in that day, you just show up anyway. Mm -hmm. And then setting in, you know, if you want to go the James Clear style, mm -hmm. setting in those systems and those habits and those routines that drive you towards your future goals and success. Mm -hmm. you know, it generally takes around three to six months to see any results from your from your actions, mm -hmm. any. So this kind of feels like the discussion that people have about purpose. With you, you have to be dialed into your purpose. But I've seen in my, I've personally seen that a lot of people get crippled by trying to find what that purpose is or get mm -hmm. lost in, oh, I need to find my purpose. My purpose is the most important thing. And then they don't actually move or go anywhere because they're so focused on that first step. So like, how do we bring the purpose piece then into entrepreneurship and does entrepreneurship necessarily need this all holy than thou purpose or could it just be i'm here to get paid and i'm going to stick with it until i get paid so i can drive my rari i can drive my lambo i can do what i want i think people get confused on the vessel not necessarily the the purpose and what i mean by that is when i was performing mm -hmm. i was singing i was playing music and stuff like that i thought that like i always wanted to be inspirational mm -hmm. i always wanted to be in front of a lot of people and mm -hmm. playing in huge places and mm -hmm. you know inspiring other people to become better and, and to become maybe musicians or you know follow their purpose that was my thing with music mm -hmm. but i realized it wasn't fulfilling me because i wasn't actually able to have conversations with people i wasn't able to see anyone's life change from mm -hmm. that moment mm -hmm. so for me the vessel for inspiring other people just it was the wrong way to do it mm -hmm. it wasn't working for me mm -hmm. so i switched into coaching and i realized i can actually alter people's lives from a conversation mm -hmm. and that turned into the addiction of of self-development and, mm -hmm. and improving other people and helping other people and mm -hmm. that's what entrepreneurship is is solving problems mm -hmm. you might be doing the wrong problem at the moment mm -hmm. You won't know until you screw it up mm -hmm. and then try it again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the, the process of 
trying it in whatever industry you're going into and then maybe not getting where you want to go and then moving on to the next one until you find the right one that is in line with your purpose, in line with the reasoning why you're doing it. You know, you're not going to necessarily hit that nail on the head the first time you try something. Mm -hmm. And you won't know until you actually just keep trying and failing, keep trying and failing until you become in line with what you're doing. You know, I've gone through... When it comes to coaching, I started in anxiety and depression stuff because mm-hmm. that's what I had issues with in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I started helping people and then I realized that that process was far too draining for me to consistently do every day. Mm-hmm. So I moved into goal setting and habits and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, this is great for a little while. And then I realized nobody really cared about goal setting and habits. <laughs> it wasn't sexy. It wasn't sexy. And then I went into memory and people were like, oh, wow, there's so much intrigue around that. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand how to make it fit into my day-to-day life yet. Mm-hmm. Then I've also gone into public speaking, communication, and mm-hmm. people are starting to see, oh, wow, that's that's fully like what I need as well for different areas of my life. And now I've tied them all, all together. together. I was going to say, now you're doing it, you like cover yeah. all of those pieces. Someone comes for you speaking, but you deal with the anxiety, you deal with goal setting, you deal with intentionality and you deal with memory to bring it all together. I know because I've been, exactly. I've done it with you. I've done that coaching process with you. Exactly. Yeah. So I followed all those different processes for a while mm-hmm. and then started to recognize that even a, a failure of one of those wasn't a failure because mm-hmm. I used it again later. Like you tie it in at some point and you can't do it any other way. Like mm-hmm. if you've learned something, it will come to you in some place in the future anyway. So mm-hmm. I think just keep trying and failing until you get there. Mm-hmm. You might not find the right way the first go. Mm-hmm. That's okay. So we could say then, um, so we got tenacity, obviously, you know, get past those 12 downloads. Um, and then it feels here like it's get really clear on being flexible to move with the flow of how your purpose can shift, your um, the vehicle for you delivering what you really want can shift. So we've got tenacity, flexibility. And another thing that I feel kind of came out from what you said is knowing when to hold on and when to let go. Mm. You know, so um, I too, beginning of my coaching career was on a particular topic. But then over time, I kind of found that there were other excuses that were coming up for people around actually addressing that topic to the point where now I'm most probably known for helping people become financially free, helping people create wealth. But actually that's a byproduct of what I actually take people into, which is just self-mastery, being able to create the reality that you want intentionally. So intentionality has the byproduct of people being financially free and so on and so forth. And also much like you speaks to what I initially was helping people do, which was just to deal with, fresh starts in their life and creating their own ideal life blueprint. So yeah, so knowing when it was time for me to move on to another topic or move on to another thing, like even the way that my personal development business works now, you know, as well as I do, I don't really do any coaching anymore. Mm. Um, But I had to know when it was time to move on from that model of achieving my goal of impact and touching people's lives. And also know when it was time to stay with something to get the fullness of the lesson from it or to extract the learnings or to extract the lessons from it so that I could actually pivot forward successfully versus running away from something because it's not giving me that instant gratification. Mm. And, and when do you find, at least in the patterns that you've seen, that you were ready to move on from it and let go? I follow the flow of energy really, really intentionally. Um, I also use my human design quite um quite rigorously as well in terms of, in, in terms of human design, I'm a sacral generator. So my, my energy field communicates with my body through gut responses. 
And so when I'm not getting the gut response of, yes, this is what I want to be doing, then I know it's time for me to move on and I release and I'm open to seeing what opportunities come up. So I don't go chasing the the tail. I'm like, okay, I'm easing off this right now because it's not really my thing. I also look at what happens with flow. So there's been times I've gone to do different launches or gone to launch different products or services or whatever. And some of them smashed, like they just make like a meal like really quickly or some just make multiple six figures really quickly and some like they drag, like nobody's showing up for the thing. But the turnout's low, the numbers are low and there's nothing technically wrong. The energy's just not there. But I think because I do really bring those sort of universal and, and energy driven laws into how I operate my life, I'm more subject to them than someone that necessarily isn't. So I do own that not everybody's going to be able to understand that conversation that I just had or be able to operate that way, but that is how I live my life. And so I find that to be very instructive. Mm. Mm. I'm not as in tune with that, I don't think. No. No, I also don't teach it. So <laughs> probably wouldn't be able to explain it that well. But you've seen the results of it when, when we're doing the thing with um, with your money DNA, and we showed you how 100%. to flip the um, flip the, the the human design aspect of that into what you're doing. It creates yeah. results, but it does require, I think, being open. I think as entrepreneurs, that's another thing that's really important to be open to instruction. I just joined um, earlier this year in January. My, a friend of mine, Jackie Woodside, she's just awesome, really, really awesome woman great work she does. She's doing a six month program called uh, domain, Living in the Domain of Miracles. And um, I signed up for her class and she's like, Dan, um, you signed up for my class? I'm like, yeah, I signed up for your class. <laughs> she's like, oh, thank you. And like, I show up for the class and I do the thing and I show up to the class and I don't, and, and I've seen this sometimes, people come to my thing and they'll come and be like, yeah. And they'll be like trying to be Johnny Big Socks on the thing. And I'm not doing that. I'm here to learn. I come as someone yeah. who doesn't know anything. That's something I love about when you come to any of my stuff as well. Is <laughs> you are a very good student. You know? <laughs> Even though you probably recognize or understand probably 98, 99% of the content I'm producing, at least in your own way and your own way of defining things, mm -hmm. you still show up as if you know nothing. Mm. So I think an entrepreneur is somebody who's willing to adapt, willing mm -hmm. to adapt, willing mm -hmm. to learn. Mm -hmm. So learning is one of the most important parts of entrepreneurship because if you don't, if you get to a blockage and you mm -hmm. don't know what to do, it just means you're missing information. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you already have the information, but you don't have the right explanation to make that aha mm -hmm. opening moment, which forces you through that blockade. Mm -hmm. So showing up to new courses and new coaches and mentors and, you know, new information from a fresh mind, like a child, mm -hmm. you're able to actually go through and open that blockage mm -hmm. so that you can actually start to solve that problem in a more creative way. I'm going to disagree with you. I would love you to, and I'm going to learn. I'm intently. going to say <laughs> learning is not just a key to entrepreneurship. It's a key to life. It's a key to life because Life as a whole demands of us to be in a space of growth and openness to learning. And entrepreneurship is no different from those other aspects of our life. So I'd say it runs deeper than just entrepreneurship. And I think mm -hmm. when people come up against blocks in their relationship, when people come up against blocks in their health, when people come up against blocks in their connection to meaning, purpose and all the things, that openness to learning can be the cause of the breakthrough, not just going to get the bag. 100%. Yep. Yeah. 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 So we've got tenacity. We've got... Um, flexibility we had um knowing when to let go and when to hold on and most recently i can't remember the most recent one i remember learning learning yes learning so openness to learning uh, if someone's an entrepreneur and they're listening to this and they're like this sounds very not connected 
to entrepreneurship. I'm going to put one on top just to make sure we ground this. I'm going to say being able to sell, being able to communicate an idea and to sell. Without that, you are completely lost. And anyone who thinks that they're going to be able to be successful as an entrepreneur without the ability to sell, even if you think that you're going to be able to get someone to do the selling for you, unless you have the ability to communicate the idea, which is a sale as well, you're going to be lost. Oh, this is my biggest and most recent one. (laughs) (coughs) Apologize for the coughing here. So I wasn't able to do this in the past because I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be a sneaky salesman with the grease back in there and snake oil. Come, come, Come get you. Best deal. Ever. And on top of this, you're also going to get this. <laughs> Sign up now. You know. Ba-ba-bum. <laughs> and I used to I used to hate it. So I used to mm-hmm. avoid it like the plague. Mm-hmm. Like the COVID. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and recently I started to recognize how important it is. You know, mm-hmm. and starting to reframe one of the, the keys that I actually teach on it is reframing the way you think about sales. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's literally having a conversation and serving somebody's problem. Yeah. You have a conversation, but a lot of the time what people do is they don't freaking listen. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the easiest sales that I've ever had, I was just kind of listening as if I was a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going on a date, for example, mm-hmm. and you're saying, hey, what do you do? Oh, I, I own a marketing agency. Cool. Okay. Where are you from? There were so many ways for you to make that conversation interesting <laughs> and you just <laughs> lost all of them. So, hey, what do you do? I'm, I'm, I own a marketing agency. Oh, wow, that's incredible. What, what made you wake up and create a marketing agency? It's insane. <laughs> what, do you run all the ads yourself? How did you put a team together? You know, mm-hmm. actually get interested mm-hmm. and deeper on what they say rather than mm-hmm. just flipping from maybe a habitual experience of conversation mm-hmm. where you just go, oh, where are you from? What do you do? What do you mm-hmm. live? Oh, cool. Do you like this place? Yeah, great. It's really boring. Mm-hmm. And the, the easiest sales I've ever had, I was just listening. Mm-hmm. And I was actually interested mm-hmm. in what they had to say. Mm. I'd say uh, just a, a, a real thing to dovetail into this with any communication is that people um, may be intellectually stupid sometimes, but energetically, all of us are genius. Like energetically, we're all genius. And mm. so even if someone doesn't outright say or understand intellectually that they understand that you're being a sneaky, deceitful out of integrity douchebag with the hair slip back, they will feel it. I and feel so it. when you are coming in with integrity and with a true desire to actually serve the person, to actually liberate them from a pace of pain, to actually bring a solution to their problems and you have the capacity to do that and you're able to communicate to them like, hey, this is your problem. Here's the solution. Let's get together and bring you out of this place of pain then you're actually serving people. You're actually doing a great service to the world through selling. 100%. Mm. Then when you learn how to also add persuasion into it, Mm -hmm. it's incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. And you do it, again, for an intention to Mm -hmm. help the person. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes a sale is helping somebody to make a decision mm-hmm. that maybe they don't have the power themselves to make in that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're empowering them by getting them to get empowering. to it. But, but this is where integrity comes in. Integrity, think, yeah. Because it's, there are so many people out there that are selling things that they don't believe in because mm. they don't know if it's going to work or they, they're, they're, they're feigning the capacity to solve someone's problem or feigning their capacity to actually liberate the person from that place of pain because they just want to get the bag, right? I want the money, Right. Or it's, I might be able to help this person. I'll take the money and see if I can. Yeah, but you kind of deserve whatever comes on the other side of that, yeah, really. You know? That it's always short-lived, though, and you'll get what you you put out there over time. Yeah, you know? and, you, and, you, and I've never seen, I mean, I've been in the world of entrepreneurship um, 
must be three decades now, I started very, very young. And one of the things that I've seen time and time again in my journey with mentors, in my journey with being in different communities, and I'm with some, I, I'm, I'm so blessed I get to be some amazing entrepreneurial and thought leadership communities now, it's like you're not going to be able to enjoy ill-gotten gains. Like it's just not going to happen. And I think people often only align ill-gotten gains with robbing a bank or you know, some kind of other immoral um, way of stealing value rather than creating value. But sometimes people aren't going to necessarily rob the bank, but they're actually going to rob people's hopes and dreams by promising that they're going to be able to deliver. And this has happened to me. Like, you know, I've invested money in a program, you invested money in a, a client, or, uh, a, like a, a consultant or someone to deliver a service, and they don't deliver the service. We had the thing with um, someone that was, doing, I'm not going to say which platform, but they were doing some stuff with social media for us. And actually, like, it was all a lie. <laughs> they weren't doing anything. Yeah, I've had, I've paid for coaches where they didn't deliver. Yeah. And now it's just tarnished their reputation to me. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I'm not talking about like, oh, we didn't show up and do the thing. No, like there was a done for you service that was supposed to be delivered and it wasn't just being done. But that kind of approach to entrepreneurship, I don't think that's entrepreneurship. That is, that's thievery. That's thievery. Yeah. I, I, I think I told you about this actually the other day. A friend sent me just a photo of like a, a huge stack of cash. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't his, it was, yeah. um, it was for other clients and stuff. He's like, it'd be funny if I run or attempted to run or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but you'd never live peacefully. And he said, how much would it take for you to run mm-hmm. with, with a bunch of cash? And I was, I was generally thinking about it. And my brain did a couple of things. It's like 50 million, a uh, hundred million, mm, uh, because then you'd never live in peace. Mm-hmm. And for me, the peace of mind to know that the, the money that is connected to me mm-hmm. is from a good place mm-hmm. would allow me to live peacefully. Mm-hmm. But if I always knew that if you took money from somebody or something, mm-hmm. even if you live 20 years later, right? Mm-hmm. And you're on a beach in Mexico with a bar, mm-hmm. you'd still think, you'd still be looking over, you, over your shoulder. You wouldn't be able to live peacefully. Yeah, because so the me, thing is- It's not worth it. Always, like, this is where the, the economics comes into it because everybody's got a number that will make them think about it. You can lie back oh, to yourself. Everyone's I got a think number. about it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everyone has a number that they would actually do it for. Everyone has one, right? It's just whether or not it's realistic that that number is going to show up, <laughs> right? But also... So everyone's a thief at the end of the day. Well, everyone's a thief, but... A potential thief. Not even, but everyone has self-interest yeah. as, as, a, as a primary driving factor. But what it is, is that for many people, the number that it's going to be is going to be so high that the likelihood that the repercussions of it aren't going to be devastating or that the person that you're going to be thievering from isn't going to be that motivated to get it back that you're not going to find that peace. And so even though that number exists, people probably wouldn't make the choice, especially if they're rational and reasonable. Like 10 billion? Yeah, but if you're going to take 10 billion from someone, they've probably got resources and connections to recover 10 billion and it's probably going to hurt, right? Um, 10 million? Not really. You can't really do as much with that. What are you going to do? Like maybe go to a little island somewhere, but then you're not going to have fullness of life. You're not even going to be able to fully enjoy Mm. the resources. Anyway... We've That's kind of drifted. A bit of a tangent. <laughs> a bit of a tangent. I'm tangent. What should we call? How can we include you in the, the, the? You know, I have thought about this afterwards, and I haven't found anything. You yet, haven't so found it yet. No. If anyone knows a way to make my name a pun for 
dangents or dannerisms or you know joshisms <laughs> something like that that'd be yeah. great put it in the comments yeah put it in the comments put it in the comments <laughs> so yeah so we've got i think we've got some real things for people to to consider if they want to step into entrepreneurship and obviously people who go to some of our other conversations around entrepreneurship including should everyone even be an entrepreneur I think they'll be able to bring some pieces together. But one of the things I love about this is we have gone on to the soft skills around this, but I think it's really important that people understand at the end of the day, for you to be a successful entrepreneur, you need to be able to actually be remunerated for your entrepreneurship. I don't think we can really call someone that solves problems, but has more problems of their own as a result of solving the problems, mm. being a successful entrepreneur. Um, and that's going to require you exchanging value with people, which is going to mean that you're going to need to go and ask for some money from people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say that. Fantastic. I've got one more before we wrap, because I know looking at the time, we need to wrap this one up. Um, knowing your limits as an entrepreneur, like what you can do, what you can't do, and being able to ask for help. I think that's definitely one to throw in the mix. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. I mean, there are certain people with the much higher risk factor, let's mm -hmm. say like Richard Branson, mm -hmm. where he's just Good like, yeah, I'm B. just going to start an airline today. You know, most people yeah, don't have that limit. Richie's, he's, he's, he's a different, he's, 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 so one of the things I heard him say over and over and over and over again was, I must've been born under a lucky star. I must've been born under a lucky star. He's literally programmed himself to think that he's just the luckiest person ever. So he takes those risks, but he generally deep down, I believe, just believes he's just the most lucky person ever. And that's why he always pulls through. I like that. Yeah. Cool. So that's, put that into your mind, y'all. <laughs> we program recondition, we might be looking at the next Richard Branson. Uh, maybe, maybe. It's possible. Yeah. But yeah, most yeah. people don't have that ability to tolerate risk. No. Uh, I probably wouldn't personally open an airline tomorrow <laughs> and figure it out with the debt collectors at my door. But uh, you know, I'd go to a different level, maybe mm -hmm. not quite that high. Mm -hmm. Pretty close, I reckon, mm -hmm. but not quite that high. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, you give me other ones. I would say ability to, to deal with risk and stress and anxiety in a, a good way. Yeah. Being out of control, your state of mind, your yeah. body. Emotional state management. Mm -hmm. mm. All right. We'll wrap that one up. Cool. Yeah. Let's uh, finish that one up. Yeah. Uh, join us for the next one where we're talking about mentorship in the process of entrepreneurship. So Europe. Europe. Cool. Let's Hope you guys it. enjoyed. Thank you, Mr. Daniel. You've been awesome as always. Thank you, Mr. Josh. You've been sexy as always. Stop it. And awesome. Okay. Awesome and sexy. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Oh. All right. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Beyond Success Podcast. We hope that it has been of service to you. For more information and to stay up to date with the latest from Daniel Mangena, please head over to dreamwithdan.com. We'll see you for the next one.